0: In Luke chapter 10, today we are going to go beyond verse 3, and we will read verses 4 and 5. 1 to 3 are part of the focus for our year 2022. The theme, Community Transformation. A call to harvest. So we read verses 4 and 5. Do not take any money with you. It's a very strange instruction. nor a traveler's bag nor an extra pair of sandals and don't stop to greet anyone on the road doesn't become any easier verse number five whenever you enter someone's home first say may God's peace be on this house and we'll read a, few, a little more later, but this is enough for the day, so the Lord had blessed the reading of, of his word. Amen. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for the opportunity that you've given us to gather together. We ask that you will bless our time of sharing your word. We seek this message in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. You may be seated. I know that Kayalfa was supposed to bring us um, some word and, and a report. Can I ask you to prepare... Uh, to just reserve that for next, next Sunday. Um, I know you're in the house, just reserve it for next Sunday and uh, we will uh, be happy. We are proud of the work that our Kayalpha sons and daughters are doing on the campuses and they had an outreach which all of us are part of and they'll be bringing some um, update and report and we want to be able to uh, prepare for that. So let, let's, let's do it for next Sunday. Just now, I want us to turn to God's Word, Um, I've already mentioned our theme for 2022 is Community Transformation, A Call to Harvest. I'd like to put in the third installment in terms of our uh, incremental teachings. And our focus today is something I've entitled, Do It Yourself, DIY. That's what they call it in industry, Do It Yourself. A model for maximizing on key result areas. That's our focus for today. Do it yourself. Tell your neighbor, do it yourself. So your neighbor says, What? But just tell your neighbor, neighbor, do it yourself. A model for maximizing on key result areas. Say that too. <laughs> All right. So lots of stuff to anticipate there. What are these key result areas? I'd like to begin today by drawing a lesson from the sales industry. In the sales industry today, there are so many products that are in the category do it yourself. So you could buy a whole apparatus for your bedroom. From bed to um, drawers, to dressers, to couch, if you will, leisure, seat. You could buy all those things in boxes. And you can ship them from anywhere around the world. Probably China. Because China is good at shipping everywhere. You could ship these things from anywhere. You could ship them them from the United Kingdom. You could ship them from um, the United States of America. You could ship them from Germany. You could ship them from Italy. Those things will come in boxes. They will come with instructions. They're in that category, do it yourself. Could be a dining table. Could be sets of cabinets. And your success... In that do-it-yourself exercise, is simply follow the instructions. So you will have the odious task of pulling something apart and doing it yourself. And if you take uh, a good survey, the industry now has changed so much, and the reason why these products are on the increase. Is because of their positive impact on society. And then there are are sets of people that are on standby. So there's a number for you to call, especially by if it's a local supplier, they say call if you have any challenges, if you have any problems. They'll be on hand to come and help you. But the key is that you have an opportunity to do something yourself. What has been established by research Is that what you do yourself, not for yourself? There's a difference. I hope you know there's a difference. If I said do something for yourself and do something yourself, there is a difference. Here we're focusing on you in the act of doing something. If I said do something for yourself, we add an interest. It would mean that you're looking at something to gain out of it. And usually that means that it changes the scenario. Today we're focusing on just the experience of you doing something. Research has proved that what you do yourself usually teaches you lessons that are not easily forgotten. What you do for yourself usually teaches you lessons that are not easily forgotten. But, better still, if you in fact do something for others, the impact could last a lifetime. The
1: impact could last a lifetime. Drawing
0: this lesson From the industry, and also reflecting on these two very key principles that have been proven by research out there, and many of you have experienced things on these lines. I would like to go back to the text that we have read today. There are some instructions. In verse number four, I want to pick up two. And there are some instructions in verse number five from our Lord Jesus Christ. I'll pick another two from there. The two lessons, the two instructions rather, in the Lord's instructions in verse number four are number one, the need to learn total dependence on divine providence. Which is the reason why the Lord said, do not take any money. The second instruction is to do with the mission at hand, having the highest priority or being the highest of the highest priority. And that is what you see in the statement when the Lord says, do not greet anyone. In case you've been wondering, how could Jesus say these kinds of things? That's all that was meant in there, and I will elaborate. In uh, verse number five, there are two more instructions. In verse number five, you hear the instruction, when you enter someone's home, say, I'm reading from the New Living Translation, When you enter someone's home, first say, may God's peace be on this house. That instruction emphasizes the necessity of God's peace, the shalom. And I'll talk about it this morning. That's number three. The second instruction in verse number five, which is our fourth item, focuses on the power of goodwill to others. And the last part there says, when you enter someone's home, I've already said, first say, God, may God's peace be on this house. So that's beyond yourself, on this house. That's the power of goodwill to others. And when we come to that, I will be applying it by also referring to Luke 6, uh, verse 38. So those four things come out very clear in the two passages we have read. I want you to follow me very carefully as we lift out each of these four items. Because they are the essence of the do-it-yourself. approach which Jesus was now rolling out for these individuals. Take note that when the scriptures were introduced to us in the context of Luke chapter 10, what we read there was simply the fact that Jesus now chose 72 others. This was a group. Then he broke it down. He put them in pairs. But that was not the end. When it was now time for action, the pairs had to go now. So each one now to do the work. That's the breakdown. In the work of the Lord Jesus Christ, the things we've been talking about so far are all fairly general. The call to harvest is very general. And for so many years, this is part of the challenge. It has remained general. And it has been said that when you think of things as for everybody and hope that somebody will do something the usual result is that nobody does anything. Because of our tendency to always presume, everybody has heard, somebody will do something about it. You managers at work know that after you've met staff, even when you have a team, you also want to get down to understanding what is each one's responsibility on the team. That's how they are assessed. And so it is. The fact that Jesus could say here, the harvest is truly plenteous and the laborers are few, is because, not because they didn't know. They understood that. But you see, this duck, this whole thing, continued to remain general. We must not allow for this harvest message to remain general. Today, God has brought it down home to make sure that you and I can actually do it ourselves. I should do something myself about the harvest. You should do something yourself about the harvest. And so Jesus breaks down these instructions and now expects that They were to go on, and how he broke it down is that he told them, "When you go, you're not going as a chigundi, everybody into the house, meaning a big group." Uh Ah, he broke them down into pairs. Then he said to them, "Now go," and the instructions were, "When, not if, but when." Verse number four. uh, First of all, let's begin at verse number four. When comes into verse number five, do not take any money with you, nor a traveler's bag, no, an extra pair of sandals and don't stop to greet anyone. So this is at now the individual level, even though they went in pairs. Each one was to ensure that they don't take anything with them. Why would God do this? Why would Jesus do this? In the culture of the day, I I preempted it already last week. When anyone took a trip, they were expected to carry some money with them. They were expected to carry extra clothing. So they would carry a traveler's bag. Because they walked many miles, they were expected to carry an extra pair of sandals. That was the day. When they're talking about washing feet, they actually walked in dust. So the washing of feet made made, made, made sense. Today, people try and just don't know. Let's do a washing feet ceremony. What do you mean? What are you talking about? Of course, there were still lessons to learn that if somebody was to do that for you, it means they were trying to do a chore that really meant a lot. They were cleaning you up to settle down. So they carried an extra pair of sandals. But Jesus here in these instructions says, leave those things aside. There was one key lesson that this is the task I am assigning you and I will make sure that what you need for the task is available for you. The lesson was the need for total dependence on divine providence. My God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory. When all is said and done, beloved, he is the ultimate provider. You and I know the temptation we face today. When we have a job, when we have a business, and through the job we earn some money, through the business we earn some money, somehow we add, we tend to put more attention on that job or on that business. Sometimes the job and the business both Take us away from God because we're now too busy. We must work. We must work harder to get to church, harder to do the tasks of the Lord, the tasks of the Lord. And yet I have reminded us and we must continue to remember that the job has been given to enhance God's work. So you are not full-time on that job. You are a Christian who happens to have that job. God has given you the job in order to enhance His work, advance His cause. Hallelujah. So the more we remember that, the better. So because of that temptation to focus too much on ourselves as if we are our own provider, the Lord says to them here, depend on me. There is providence in the kingdom. Dep- Depend on me. Don't take money. I will supply your need. I will supply your need. The Lord shall supply. And thank you, uh, Justin and the choir, and uh, Bram Talley there. And they have, thank you for bringing us that song. When it talks about a breakthrough, it also talks about the supply that comes from God Almighty. He is the supplier of your need. And remember, the context of uh, Philippians chapter 4 is very, very clear. The people were being commanded, for supporting the work that Paul was doing. They were commended for being partners with Paul, the apostle. And Paul says, for as much as you've taken time to contribute to this work the work of the Lord, as much as you've taken time to take of what you have and to contribute materially, he says, my God shall supply your need. When you get up and do his work, he will meet your need. This is what our story has been all these years as we have served the Lord. We left all to serve him. We have seen God in these many years of ministry supply our need. I would tell you stories and stories here of how God has met our needs. There were many, many times that we didn't know what was going to happen with what we had in our hands. And God has always been there to supply, to supply, to supply. When we do the work of the harvest, there must be a total dependence on Him. He is your supplier. Somebody shout hallelujah. Ultimate provider. We know Genesis 2, 22 verse 14, which says that Jehovah is our provider. He is Jireh, he is our provider. We know the story of Abraham and the lamb as he went to Mount Moriah. We've talked about this very, very often. But right there when he was needing to do a task for the Lord and he wondered for a while where where the provision was going to come from, so Abraham called the place the Lord will provide. And to this day, it is said on the mountain of the lord it will be provided and i want you to know the lord will provide for you this year we must turn our eyes towards the harvest the lord will supply for you that means that the lord will supply the bread for you in your home the lord will supply what is needed for you to actually do the work of winning souls the lord will also supply your needs in essence remembering the fact that you have needs you have children to text to school you have bills to pay those needs god will remember when you put his work first somebody shout hallelujah he understands where you have been he understands what has gone on in your life And there is need for total dependence on God's providence. Providence is about God providing for you and I ahead of time, before you lift a finger. One song that has meant so much to us in the past year, and I've mentioned it here before, is that song that says that talks about Jireh, 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 the Lord who provides. But also, when you consider that song, the thing that is very important to remember is the fact that, and I mentioned this a few weeks ago, there's a line in the song that says, I wasn't holding you up, so I want, so I can't let you down. Providence is about the fact that God prepares things ahead of time. Then there's another line in that song that says, if he takes care of the sparrow,
1: how much more
0: will he care for you? Those birds of the air, he looks after them. He feeds them. He who takes care of the sparrow will provide for you. He will pay your bills. He will feed you. He will lift you up lest you dash your feet against the stone. I have come to remind God's children today that when it is harvest time and you get up and do the work of the harvest yourself, God will remember you. I said, God will remember you. There is need to increase on showing a total dependence on God's providence where he makes the table ready beforehand without you lifting up a finger. Not yet. Of course, there's a place for effort. There's a place for hard work. That is a given. That's a given. And that's why he says he'll bless the work of your hands. But you see, he doesn't want us to just trust the arm of flesh. Like one song says, the arm of flesh will fail you. You dare not trust your own. We are culprits for trusting too much in what we can just do. And here, when he says do it for yourself, do it yourself, he's also having in mind that for now, you must see that your ultimate supply is from heaven. Ah, somebody shout hallelujah. From heaven. From the Lord.
1: the need for total dependence on him.
0: You know, this past week, <laughs> and God has ways. Actually, after this happened, I remembered the thoughts the Lord had given me already. Um, I was trying to do a printout of something at home. Uh, the printer was off, so I turned it on tried to print remotely from the computer and it wasn't working. I checked if uh, what was happening to the network, the network was okay, the, the signal was there uh, and everything else. So then I went back to the printer, uh, turned it off and turned it on again. Then I noticed that it needed to be reprogrammed so it could pick and communicate with the computer. I remembered something that if Nathan had been home, I would have just said, Nathan! Nathan is our son, number three in the family. I would have said, Nathan! And Nathan would have done that in no time. So I took some time, tried to reprogram it. First time it didn't work. Next time it didn't work. So eventually after it worked, I went back into the living room and I said to my wife, I said, today, I had to do it myself. (laughs) And I said, you know, if Nathan was here, I'd have just said, Nathan! And you know, it's not that I didn't know to do that, but now that I had to do it myself, I reminded myself, and the next time it will actually be quicker for me because now I had to do it myself. That principle is so powerful. Now all of you here, most of you parents know how much you miss these young people when they go to, uh, to boarding school. Not only about where to find the remote, but even how to use it. Anybody normal here? How many parents identify with that? Oh, yeah, I can see. It's almost 100%. Somehow you know that the grace of using remotes is not on you. It's on these ones who go to, they, they go to boarding school and carry the knowledge with them. It's so much easier to just say, hey, 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 chinja. <laughs> but when they're gone, <laughs> you and I have to do it ourselves. And somehow when you do, It wasn't how in Ify. No, this is what I saw her doing. No, 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 no. And now you're arguing between yourselves. But once you've done it, it stays with you. It stays with you. This year, beloved, we want to do what is necessary in God's providence to help you know. Not just wait to see souls saved here in front because the bishop is preaching, because the evangelist Bynes is preaching, or because so-and-so is preaching, but that you, you, and you, and you will take up the mantle and you will lead someone to Christ. Hallelujah! Amen! I like that voice at the back there. And so, when you do that, beloved, the Lord will provide for you, meeting your need. But what he'll also provide for you is grace for you to actually deliver. That grace to actually talk to someone and bring them to Christ. The Lord will make that available for you. Like I said last week, you will be amazing. Let's just imagine if everybody... On the minimalist, if you will, the most minimal target, if everybody, everybody, just for the next three months, targeted just one soul. Just one soul. One soul. One soul. And you brought the soul to Christ. Do you realize that we we'll double that number? We'll double the number of people here just by that. So I'm giving you a task. In fact, today, after these four lessons, we're going to spend some time to see how this can be achieved. And I will invite you to make that go. Just one person. One. Just one. Just one. Just one. One. One person. For everybody here. One. One only. For the next three months. Just one. One. Second part of that instruction, showing that the mission at hand takes the highest priority. Jesus said, don't greet anyone. In the culture of the day, they didn't just pass by each other. When you met somebody you considered a stranger or even somebody that you knew, they had a traditional process of lengthy greetings. On the way. So that added, for sure, to the length of amount of time spent on the journey. Meet someone, to greet, find out welfare of somebody. That was the tradition. But Jesus wants to cut out all that dross, all those extra things. And he says, on this mission, don't greet anyone. The lesson, the mission at hand takes the highest priority. Hallelujah. The, like we, this is an incremental lesson to part of what we learned last week. There are many, many distractions So don't allow yourself to be distracted by many things. We talked about Martha, how she was distracted by many things. But Mary had chosen what was important. Do not greet anyone. That expressed the agency. The fact that you want to cut out the time and get to your destination quicker. And in this year, beloved, identify those things that tend to take away your attention. Identify those things that preoccupy you for nothing. There are definitely things that take your time. You may even have to go through your list of entertaining programs on TV and say, I'm spending so much time here. Replace that with something more meaningful and I suggest something spiritual and you will see the change in your life. Hallelujah. The mission here that was at hand was to take the highest priority. Hence, the instruction, do not greet anyone. I hope this is making sense to someone yet. I know these are portions of scripture you read and you're saying, ah, but what did Jesus mean? Then you just, ah, let me read quickly and go on. Ah, there was a reason why Jesus said those things. And when you think about priority and how Jesus demonstrated that, You have to go back to John. You have to go rather to John chapter four and look at his words in um, verse 35. After he has said in verse 34, my nourishment comes from doing the will of God. He says my meat in other versions is to do the will of him. Doing the will of God who sent me. And he says his nourishment comes from finishing his work. So the priority was set. Really set. But look at verse 35. He says in verse 35, you know the saying, four months between planting and harvest. In other version, it says, do not say four months yet, then harvest. But I say, wake up and look around. The fields are ready and ripe for harvest. So Jesus puts a sense of urgency to this harvest. It's got to be done now. It's ripe. If you leave it, it will spoil. It's ripe. Bishop Isaiah Shiva, our executive director for uh, church ministries, in our first three days of of, uh, fasting and prayer for us as a fellowship, brought this truth home so powerfully. When he talks about the urgency, he talked about the urgency of this ready harvest that is in the field and that we must get the harvest now because it's ripe and ready. If it was left there for longer, the people in the then day understood that it would spoil and look around you, beloved. The fields are ready. People are out there. They are needy. There's a song that says people need the Lord. In fact, that day, I asked our media team to play the song. People need the Lord. Every day, they pass me by. If you can, in fact, can we have those words, uh, Vicky, if we can? Uh, people need the Lord. Every day, they pass me by. They are all over, all over People need the Lord. The fields are ready. Your workmates are ready. Your brothers and sisters, your nephews, your family members are ready. You and I must be able to share the message. The mission at hand takes the highest priority. Let's see if we can find that. And then I'll go on to the next uh, uh, point in just a moment. The fields are ready. You and I can identify them. And what we will be doing shortly when I'm done with all this after the next two points, when I'm done, is we'll take some time for you to see if you can identify people. Identify that one that must receive the message. Identify people who can be on your prayer list. Because towards the end here, I'll be mentioning among the do-it-yourself things, that you can pray. You can pray. And Jesus talked about it. All right. This song says, uh, right at the beginning, every day, every day they pass me by. I can see it in their eyes. Empty people filled with care. Headed who knows where. The next line, on they go through private pain. Leaving fear to fear. Laughter hides their silent cries. Only Jesus hears. Next line. And that's the refrain. Uh, People need the Lord. People need the Lord. At the end of broken dreams, he is the open door. People need the Lord. People need the Lord. When will we realize that people need the Lord? We can go to the next line. We are called to take his light. To a world where wrong seems right, what could be too great a cost for sharing life with one who is lost? This is the priority. Is there another one? All right. Through his love, our hearts can feel all the grief they bear. They must hear the words of life. Only we can share. People need the lord you have him they don't they need him you and i must share may the lord enable you to remember you have received the package all the way from heaven and it is a do it yourself package you must now unpack the gospel
1: Following the instructions. Do it
0: yourself by sharing the message. I'm grateful to God that He makes this as simple as it is. Simply telling someone the blessing you have received. Hallelujah.
1: number three.
0: As we go into verse number five, the Lord says, whenever you enter into a house, say, God's peace be on this house. So now, it's not the group entering. It is those individuals in those pairs making entry, not anywhere else, but into a house. That's a key result area. In fact, the instruction followed that they were not going to go from house to house. The indication is that they were to spend time right there in that one home. He made it very clear: don't go from house to house. Meaning, don't just go there, peace be here. Next, peace be here. Next, peace be here. Ah, ah, ah. He's saying stay there until there is a result. How do we know that? Because he said, when you go there and you say, peace be in this house. If the dweller of that house welcomes you or that message, verse six, if those who live there are peaceful, the blessing will stand. Really meaning if they welcome the message of peace, then the blessing will stand. The next line is quite instructive and insightful. Because the next line says, if they do not accept, then that peace will return to you. That blessing will return to you. Which means you are carrying a package. You are carrying a package.
1: And God is saying, deliver it. This is my message.
0: deliver it. Deliver it. But if they say, no, we don't want it, he says it will return to you. And Jesus names it. He says, then the blessing will return to you. Now think about it this way. You're carrying this blessing, and beloved, you're keeping it to yourself.
1: It's meant to be shared
0: so everybody the student the 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 primary student the secondary school student the college student the university student the professional in the industry whether in public or private sector you are carrying a blessing a do-it-yourself package and God is saying, deliver it in a place you can identify. And that place, that location becomes a key result area. Meaning deliver it meaningfully. Ensure that there is result. And because he says he wants you to determine whether they are accepting or not, it means that Jesus is interested in the results. He says, watch for results.
1: If they don't accept it, that's the result
0: then manage that result by knowing that it has come back to you and then you can move on. So you and I are in this together. For too long, we have left the work in the church for those whom we think we pay. The pastor, the evangelist, the apostle, the teacher, the elder, the deacon, and those who we think are in front but according to the Lord, each one of us have a responsibility and each one of us have some result to manage. So what's happening in your life? What results are you seeing? Like I said before, people sit in the church and they say, ah, there's nothing happening here. So I'm going. No, you are not happening. What are the results in your life? Hello? Hello? What are the results in your life? What have you done with the package God has delivered into your hands? So all of you have a task. So let me talk about this. point. Let me talk a little bit about this peace package that you which God wants to declare by saying, Hallelujah! By saying, what have you been saying lately? Sometimes we're so negative about ourselves and about others. See nothing good. We get on the minibus, everybody in the minibus irks you. They annoy you. You're looking, you sit there, and the and conductor annoys you, the driver annoys you, your neighbor annoys you. Now, who are you? Everything around you annoys you. No, as a man or woman of peace, Tire is doing, doing this. yourself a package. When you sit there. Somebody bring When you sit there. When you sit there. Thank God for social distancing because I don't think minibuses are sitting where the chair for two is occupied by by, by three. three. Or the for chair for one, one, one is occupied by two not <laughs> working. Okay, so <laughs> but when you sit in that minibus as one who is carrying an eternal package of peace, let there be peace to your neighbor. Let the conductor be so glad that you are one of the passengers. Because when you're walking in, even the one who's saying, Hey, 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 those, you know, the, the callers, the cowboys, the gongwazas. So when you walk in, you must be one where When you come in, you say to them, hello, good morning. And she, they will wonder, ah, you mean people are still kind in this life? Oh, ah, wow, shiny mommy, shiny mommy. You'll find that they will respect you back. No matter how rough they look, when you are kind, the peace, when you speak the peace, the peace, the peace, that's what you're carrying. You're a peacemaker. That's what you're carrying. That's the package God has placed in your hands. And in our nation, which for so many years, has seen politics of division, politics of tribalism, politics of regionalism. Let there be people who speak peace and healing in the name of Jesus. With our politics that have seen so much of um, um, party Kadarism, where people align you to one party or the other, and yet... Really, we should be above that because we are citizens, period. We're just mismanaging this this democratic space where people are allowed to choose a political party. Now it seems like you are defined by which party you belong to. No, 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 no. Something bigger holds us together. So you're carrying a package of peace. When you enter that minibus, let there be peace. Peace. If you're the first one in there, greet the driver and sit down.
1: When the neighbor comes, greet them.
0: Tell them your name. And tell them you're so glad they're sitting next to you. And you tell them, bring another one here. Sit there and smile. And I bet you they will say, ah, so. <laughs> you are sure they will be curious. And then there, you begin to witness. This was the order of the day in our days when we just got saved. You didn't, you literally for God to bring the right person to sit next to you. Now we just go, sit, and somebody comes. <laughs> no, 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 no. You're carrying a message of peace. I said you're carrying a message of peace. May God enable you to unpack it gratefully, graciously. So let me talk about Shalom. The peace that he wants us to speak. He says, when you go into that house, say, God's peace be upon this house. When you go into that minibus, say, God's peace be on this minibus. When you go into that shop, you don't have to announce, okay, twice, peace in this shop. No, 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 no. You don't have to. (laughs) You don't have to. You don't have to. You can walk in there. I mean, even ShopRite, where probably more crowds are like, because it's big, one of our biggest shops in the country. Even there, when you walk in, you make a difference. All you have to do is when you walk in, Speak God's peace and say, Lord, even while I'm in here, I speak your peace. I pray, Lord, that I will be an encouragement to somebody. And you pick up your cart and you keep going, Lord, just bring somebody in my way. Even if I have to just say something that will give them hope, God will bring those people your way. Even when they just ask you a question, to say, where do you think I can find the salt? The way you answer and say, you know, salt, salt. I think it's in that aisle. Uh, by the way, as you find that salt, just remember there is a man called Jesus who talked about the salt of the world. Even just that is enough because God has given you an opportunity. Somebody shout hallelujah. 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 Now I have taught before about shalom. Isaiah 9, verse 6 to 7. And to us, a child is born. And to us, a son is given. And the government will be upon his shoulders. His name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Prince of Peace. And the increase of his government, there shall be no end. He will reign and establish it. Perpetually, eternally. And he says, the zeal of the Lord shall fulfill this. Now, when Jesus is presented as the Prince of Peace, the word for peace there is shalom. That's the same one, in a similar way, transposed into the New Testament. But in the, the, the word there is different, Irene. very different. But it's the same arrangement here. True shalom in the Hebrew carries a very pregnant meaning. And I've taught before, that um, shalom, if you take away the, um, the, the vowels and just take the consonants, and that's how Hebrew was initially written in the text. There is a letter called Shin, which is of our S. There's a letter called Lamed, which is the equivalent of our L. There's a letter called Mem, which is the equivalent of our M. Now, Shin, in that writing of the word shalom, that consonant, shin, in that arrangement represents teeth. And uh, the idea is to do with uh, teeth and how they have the capacity to consume or this in, this, in this case to destroy, to gnash.
1: Clench. right?
0: The letter Lamed is a representation of um, the staff of authority, which they were very familiar with. The letter Mem representing water and chaos. So, Shalom in that context, particularly in the context, the pregnant context, of the Hebrew arrangement where Jesus is presented as the Prince of Peace, I've taught before, refers to the power which destroys the authority of uh, our lives, the authority of chaos, the authority of disorder. The world is Clenched, trapped in disorder. Between chaos and chaos. Between confusion and confusion. You saw it from the words that we read. In that song, people need the Lord. Behind the smiles, there is pain. Behind the facade, there is confusion. Confusion. And God's shalom, God's peace once spoken breaks the power and the yoke of this older, breaks the power of pain breaks the power of confusion and so when you come there with that package and you unpack it under the power and the anointing of the holy spirit peace and order return healing comes where there's been pain and sorrow such is the mission for the child of god in a time of harvest such is the mission. So some words attributed to St Francis of Assisi. Eventually it came into a song, "Make me a channel of your peace." Whether it's heartache, let me bring your love. Where there's sadness, let me bring your joy. We used to sing it. You know, I was a catechist. For a while, in the Catholic church, I remember that song. We used to sing it. Make me a channel of your peace.
1: When there is sadness, let me bring your love. Where is sadness? Let me also
0: bring your joy. And then a portion of that song says oh master oh master grant that i may never seek to be understood so much as to understand Sometimes we want to be understood but first understand That's the call of God's peace May God's shalom be your portion. You have an amazing package in your hands. And pack it well. Do it yourself. Shalom breaks, refers to the power which destroys the authority of chaos over our lives, over the lives of people. In Jesus' name. Let me go to the latter part of this. How exactly can we do this? That leads us to the next lesson. And that is the power of goodwill. Jesus here says, may God's peace be on this house. In verse 6, he says, if those who live in there are peaceful, the blessing will stand. If they are not, the blessing will return to you. And he tells them, don't move around from house to home, from home to home. Stay in one place. That's managing results. It's a key result area. And you need to identify. You speak to somebody, don't let it end there. Keep going back. You may have to identify that as a key result area. Plant the seed, plant the seed. It will germinate. There are times that you speak to somebody two, three times, four, five, six. Just keep going back. Eventually, they will remember. They will come. They will come. The power of goodwill. Deep inside your heart, there must be a desire for goodwill. This is what Jesus meant. In this case, even though he told them to dust their feet and to move on, he didn't suggest that they must now because you, okay, you have refused God's word. All right, you will die. No, 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 That place is still a key result area. Just say, all right, I brought God's peace. You have not received. I am moving on. In verse eight, he tells them, if you enter a town, in fact, it talks about do not hesitate to accept hospitality because you, those who work deserve their pay. This talks about legitimacy of, of uh, the fact that the support system in God's house is the house itself. That, that's, that's, that's a whole big step on the legitimacy of how the church, for instance, takes care of its own, how the church pays its staff and so on. It's about the fact that within the field, God expects that people will be able to be supported. But that's a sermon and a teaching for another day. In verse number nine, heal the sick and tell them the kingdom of God is near you now. Meaning this package you're carrying, it's so powerful. Show goodwill. And the power of goodwill is that it, it nurtures, it, it grows, it draws, it preserves. Now I'd like to talk about a linkage of this passage with Luke 6.38. We've heard Luke 6.38 used a lot and it's not totally wrong in the context of giving of money. Given shall be given to you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Okay, nothing wrong with the aspect of money, but the initial context here was not money. The initial context here was goodwill, acts of kindness. Because if you read in um, Luke chapter six, a few pages before Luke chapter 10, and you observe how Jesus was discussing a number of things in chapter six and um, beginning somewhere around verse 20, he developed the thoughts around Issues that you do others, and so in verse twenty-seven he talks about loving enemies and so on. And as he comes to verse thirty-seven, he says, "Do not judge others, you and you will not be judged. Do not condemn others, and it will come back against or it will come back against you. Forgive others, and you'll be forgiven." So it's about goodwill and forgiveness as an act of. Uh, of of mercy in this particular sense. And then he says, give and you receive. Your gift will return to you in full, pressed down, shaken together. And in other versions, as we know, it says good measure, pressed down, shaken together. You see, in the the then time, um, the merchants of the day would... um, Buy things, would sell grain in containers. They'd take the container and, of course, maybe pour into a bag. And sometimes they would top up, but then that bag of grain would normally be lifted and shaken to create room so that more could be poured on. That's the principle. Good measure. press down. Then they would, then they would get the, the, the bag and shake it and put more in the container and pop up again. Good measure. Press down. Shaken together. And the idea is that more room is, is created. Room is created for more. And the idea of when you do good, you sustain goodwill. It becomes exactly like that. It's like a good measure, being pressed down. There will always be room in your life for more when you do things for others. Somebody shout hallelujah. And of course, we've preached and talked about money in this area. Yes, even as you give money, that may be so. But I just want to make sure that you don't lose the essence. The essence of that context is acts of goodwill. Acts of goodwill for others. Forgiveness as an act of goodwill and mercy is what is in focus here. So you can think about Matthew 25 where Jesus said um, to the people then that um, uh, if they come and they did anything for the list of these, let's just look at Matthew quickly. I'll be wrapping up shortly and we'll have a quick exercise here together. This is This making sense to you today. Praise God. In Matthew 25, Very, very powerful portrayal there. Okay, there. The king will reply, truly, I tell you, whatever you do for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. And when you look at those passages, you will see that Jesus talked about a cup of water, uh, a visit to the prisons. These are acts that we must look for in the community to do something good something good without expecting anything back. And even though, while we want, even though we want people to get saved, we must not just give them something just so that they can get saved. There must be a genuine interest in people so they can experience God's love. And invariably, God's love will draw them to himself. But we must not be mercenary, if, uh, for lack of a better term, so mercenary that you, you know, Give you this so okay. Now can you accept Jesus? Ah, ah. No, 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 no. That may be the final result. There must be, there must be a very genuine concern to meet the needs of people. Feeding the hungry, reaching
1: out to the poor,
0: visiting those in prison, visiting those who are unwell will always remember an act of goodness. A young son of ours in the faith um, I was talking to him just the other way about two weeks ago and he said to me, Bishop, you probably have forgotten.
1: He says, you probably have forgotten. He says in 2000, and eight, I came to your office. He says, you were
0: meeting somebody and you told me to wait. I came in that day. I was actually in need. I shared something.
1: And you were busy, but you said, okay, give me a moment to wait. And he says, then you instructed somebody. And while you went into the meeting, they told me that you had instructed
0: um, them to give me fifty kwacha. Says that day, that's what I needed. Says I was in the process of planting a church, but I needed that money. That this is you may not remember.
1: Two thousand and eight, for sure. I could not remember. And you're dealing with 50 kwacha. But it
0: meant the whole world to this one son. Touched him so much that several years later now, he could remind me. Now, when he mentioned that, I remember the visit, but to be honest, I don't remember the 50 kwacha. One act that you do for somebody will touch them indelibly and in some cases for life. This is the year. This is the year. Do not wait for the bishop to do it, the deacon to do it, but you yourself to do it. This is making sense to somebody. Lift up your hand and shout, praise the Lord. Luke 2.14 talks about peace and goodwill to Mankind. Peace on earth and goodwill. There must be that genuine goodwill. All right, beloved. We've shared a lot here today. How do we apply all this? I'm suggesting an exercise, a threefold exercise. I'll ask you to join me in this exercise. That's our homework for today. And we'll do it just now. Things you can do for yourself, in the context of everything we have taught, and based on Luke one, let's say now verse one to ten, because that's what we have covered. Based on Luke one, Luke, Luke eleven, Luke ten, excuse me, verse one to ten. Three things you can do for yourself. To do do yourself. I'm making the distinction. Three things you can do yourself. One, right now, you can pray for a of souls to be saved. You, you, I mean you, I can pray. And we're gonna do that just now. Alongside that, you can also pray for workers for the harvest because it's all in the teaching in Luke 10. Is that all clear? I want us to learn this exercise and to pray for people, you must actually do a list. It's called a prayer list. Today, we've got people whom we call intercessors and we think that they're the only ones who must be praying for everyone else. No, 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 no. You and I are called to pray. Hallelujah. Secondly, so it says, pray to the Lord of the harvest. Secondly, you can reach out with God's peace. Okay, that word there should be dropped there. We must reach out with God's peace. Just sing it now. You must reach out for God's peace so we can eliminate that there, totally redundant. It says, when you enter a home, say. Begin to say the right things about your home, about your wife, about your children. You can't just say, oh, no. You can't be calling your child and hope that she'll turn out okay. No. No, 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 no. No, that's your child. Cecilia, say the right things. Say good things about yourself, about your wife, about your husband, about your country. We can't keep speaking, evil, Zambia, now, 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 we never go anywhere. Uh-uh, we are going somewhere. We are a country with a destiny. Hallelujah! Speak right, say right, talk
1: right, do right.
0: Reach out with acts of kindness. Don't don't condition your country around whether you like a politician or not. Politicians come and go. This country has a destiny. So speak right. Reach out with acts of kindness what you do for the list of these will last forever so i want you to identify acts of kindness today what will you identify as acts of kindness i'll ask the choir to come because i want us now together to do this act what we have done today we'll come back to this slide in a moment let's go to the last slide to just uh, the last two slides to just emphasize the lessons that God has taken us through. So we've had four lessons today. And these four lessons are necessity for God's peace, that's shalom. The power of goodwill to others. The need to learn total dependence on divine providence, which were the first two. The mission at hand is the highest. Those were the first two. I've begun by pointing out the last two here so that they are fresh in our mind. And I've come to propose, beloved, that this is the way to do it yourself. And I've shared with you a model for maximizing on key result areas. So the exercise we're doing now, everybody stand if you can, is to identify those key result areas. So for a few moments just now, I want us to go to that slide. Team at the back, let's go to the slide that says application. And I want us for just a few moments, a few moments actually do this 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 will take just about a minute a minute everyone I want you to this morning pray pray for someone who you know is lost if you can write their name down and from here on develop a list